Last week at the starting line, I encouraged you that champion runners, and that you're a champion because of your relationship in Jesus Christ, champion runners run with a committed heart. You're all in, right? You're all in this race. There's no, there's no wavering. Am I going to follow Jesus or not? All right, there's no questioning. Champion runners run committed with a committed heart and a, and a mind, a directed mind that follows Jesus. Today, I'm talking to you about champion running that perseveres with Jesus through the good times and the bad, and eliminates sin and other hindrances that distract and entangle us from the course marked out for us. So, how many of you have faith in Jesus Christ? You've trusted in Him? You've trusted in Him? You've placed your faith in Him to save you from the cross? Then you're on the race. There's spiritual blessings that come from, from trusting in Jesus Christ. There's also a component which asks us, when he says, follow me, that we have to go after him and stay on the course that he marks. He's the director, the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews 12, 1 and 3 is our text this morning. This follows what's known as the Hebrews Hall of Faith, where we hear and list different people who by faith did things or their family did things because of faith present in our lives. You just raised your hand, right? I have faith in Jesus. So we're putting your name in here now, a paragraph for you. By faith, what's going to be written about you? By faith, what's going to be written about you? What's already could be said? By faith, you faced this tragedy with great hope, knowing that this was going on. By faith, you decided to do this. By faith. So this then describes us. It should describe us, the next three verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. To accompany what I'm telling you this morning, I made some videos this week from a local park. Warwick County Park is just miles away from here. How many have been to that park? This is where we have our church uh, fellowship time, or I don't know what we call it, a party, church party there, uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, and this is where uh, Matthew's Owen J. Roberts cross-country team works out, and uh, they run their home meets. So because Matthew can't drive yet, and because he's homeschooled, we often had the time to drive him to the park, and sometimes it was just easier to stay there. So I would run on the trails and, and see things. So I used that to help illustrate the sermon today. So I'm taking you on a bit of a tour to help illustrate some points. Uh, the first is, let's run the race marked out for us. I'm standing here at Warwick County Park. I'm in the woods and just off the trail. This is the main trail that leads out from uh, the park. This is the part of the course that the cross-country team races on. When they get to this point, they have to follow the trail down into the woods, which goes in this direction for about a quarter of a mile. Then they come back up to the main trail and they return here. 
but it's at this point, this intersection, where they have to then first navigate the major hill that is just over my shoulder. So I'm gonna take you up that hill and show you uh, just the perspective from the other side. That I was out there, I had gone out with the intention of helping illustrate this sermon with some of those courses. Um, you'll, you'll catch me out of breath on some of the videos just because it's hilly. But it was a beautiful day, and I praise God for that. The first point is that we have to run the race marked out for us. And just like that cross-country course, the race of faith has hills in it. I've been to some races. I've been to some events, and I say, wow, who marked out this course? This is nuts. Who would want to go and run this race on all these hills? I've also been on the other end of designing a race and race development and know that sometimes the only successful way to get the distance that you need, a 5K or 10K, to navigate the terrain, to deal with all the parameters such as the flow of runners and traffic if it's in town, police support, the safety of runners, sometimes you can't avoid the hills. So the question is spiritually for us to consider this morning, why does the path that follows after Jesus Christ contain hills? contain struggles. If you look at Hebrews 11, you, you read about these people and, and their stories and their families. They experienced difficulty, struggle. I mean, it starts with the first one. Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain, and Cain's reaction then was to kill his brother. Imagine the struggle then for Cain to realize what he has done. Imagine the struggle then for their parents. He talks about Abraham, who's called by God to leave his hometown and follow God. Some of you might have had that experience. God's calling you to leave everything that is close to you, that is familiar to you, and go. It can be difficult. It can be an uphill climb to adjust and to new, and that's, that's what... Paul and Nancy have experienced in going to Costa Rica, and that's what they know that their son and daughter will experience if they get called to North Africa, leaving it all behind to go. There are going to be some difficult moments. Moses' parents had to hide him from Egyptians who were practicing infanticide. Hebrews 11 lists others who are recognized for their faith, and many received persecution and trouble. The question is, why? I think there's several reasons. I think one for us to remember is that the world has fallen. The world has sin in it. Even from Adam and Eve's first sin, we are born with this nature, and it affects the way we live. Sin is present within all of us, and there's even an active, there's an active spiritual opposition to the God who's trying to get us to represent Him and follow Him. There is an enemy of God who tries to get us to pull us off that. That's his, this, he's called a great deceiver, right? He wants you to go off the trail that's marked out for you. And sometimes we choose that trail. Even within the body of faith, there is sometimes conflict within us because we wrestle with the influence of sin and selfish motives. It sometimes feels like we have to run up a hill, even in the church. So think about the decisions that you make with faith in your life. 
Sometimes faith decisions will keep you from doing some actions, right? Do you get this? Because you're a follower of Jesus, there's some things you shouldn't do because it's sin. And because you say no to that, the company that you're with or the influencers that want you to go that way, it might become a little bit harder for you to go through that stretch of life. No, right? Sometimes it's because of the things that we try to do. We're not just going through the world neutral. We're trying to influence the world, are we not? We're trying to influence the world and and be like salt and light. Because you set out on your daily day saying, Lord, let me be light for you. Let me be faithful to you. There will be times where you say, this is a moment for me to speak the name of Jesus or to present the gospel or to say no to my family because of this reason. Because of these things, you might get some resistance or ridicule, even persecution. The race of faith has hills, tougher moments. Sometimes these can come because there's physical illnesses in our bodies. It's like, I've been wrestling with this thing for years Right? And it's just been hard. I don't understand why, but it's just been hard sledding. Sometimes accidents happen which change our lives. Sometimes we actually go through seasons of depression or isolation because we are wrestling with something internally. Sometimes they're just harder moments. Sometimes we have to trust that the path that Jesus has for us It's going to take us up some hills. Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, in this world, you will have what? Troubles, right? In this world, you will have troubles. But he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I used to coach runners. You know that. Most of you do. And sometimes I would intentionally take them to a hill. And I would say, run up that hill. And I would say, Now go down and do it again, and go down and do it again. And by the end of this series, they were like, I hate hills. I I, I don't want to run with this resistance anymore. And they would say, none of them would leave the workout saying, I wish, I wish I could experience that kind of resistance all the time when I run. They don't. But one of the things that we do because of sin in the world and the, the battle we fight and the sin in the flesh, is sometimes we get caught up in a sinful action. The text says, throw off the sin that so easily entangles. The course marked out for us doesn't contain sin. God doesn't want us to walk in sin. Consider how these things might stop us or careen us off course and keep us from going forward in faithful living. Consider how gluttony can destroy our body and keep us stuck or lust or gossip, sexual immorality, how these things perhaps can destroy relationships that we're trying to support and encourage others going together. Consider how spiritual laziness can keep you stuck from going on the course or murder, the love of money. These things can all easily wrap themselves around us and keep us from going after Jesus. These things hurt relationships. They slow progress towards a purposeful goal, and they keep you and me from the blessings of moving with Jesus on his path. 
You'll be perpetually on the hill if you continue in sin. Do you remember the three R's that Paul and Nancy gave to you? Hmm. Okay, you're working on it. All right, good. Here's three more just to add to that list, right? Repent from sinful actions. Resist temptation to return to sin and run the race marked out for you. Three more R's to add to your first set of R's. That was hard enough for the first set. Now we got another one. Jesus has marked out a course for us. Just like that path that I showed you in Coventry uh, Park, uh, Warwick County Park, is, has clearly defined paths and markings for the runners to stay on. Jesus is the one who directs us, and His Word guides us onto the path that He's marked out for us. In order to go forward in any race, whether it's flat, downhill, or even going up hills, there has to be an effort by us to do that. We don't just coast along in the race of faith that's marked out for us. So I'm telling you right now, don't be surprised and alarmed when there's difficult moments in the life of faith. They're coming. Or they will come. And most of you can tell me that, yes, I've experienced these moments. But I will tell you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and to run with perseverance. To get to the top of that hill, they have a, um, they have a plateau and then actually a short descent. And you think you're out of the hill. You think you're into smooth sailing, maybe coming into that valley. But on this course, there is uh, another hill that awaits. That hill spills out into this meadow, and the trail continues behind me up to uh, uh, the, the overlook trellis, uh, and then it climbs even higher. Uh, so sometimes you think you're done with the, the, tr the trouble or the hill or the strife, but you're not. Uh, but, but hang in there. Keep going. Take it one part at a time, and with the Lord's strength, You'll get through this. So they instruct us in this text to run with perseverance. Um, the word persevere, I had to wait by the, by, the, by the way. I had to wait a little while after I went up that first hill to do that little clip because I was breathing pretty hard, <laughs> right? I'm going to have the opportunity to experience that. If you want, next Sunday at 2, we're going to gather uh, to go for a walk out in this park or, or to maybe some of you that still run or walk faster or whatever, we'll go through this course and I'll show you this uh, just to experience this together. The word persevere indicates a struggle. It was a struggle for me to run up that hill as it is for those that race up that hill. In our quick fix culture, the word persevere is countercultural. Don't you like quick fixes to your problems? Okay. We all do, right? Don't you want your meal out real quick, right? With everything right? Uh, we want it right. We want it now. Don't you love two-day shipping from Amazon Prime? Right? Woohoo! We're actually using that this week to give you something for next week's sermon. But sometimes it doesn't work that way in, in, in the world. Sometimes the, 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 the fix isn't what we want or the remedy isn't there and it doesn't happen in our timing. The text is clear though. It says, uh, we want you to run this whole thing. We want you, it, it, there's going to be some struggle, so run with perseverance. When your body wants to give up, keep going. 
When things don't make sense, remain obedient to Jesus. When the disciples deserted Jesus, he stayed on course. It's not always easy to persevere. There are blessings if we do this. I ran a race in a town near my hometown called Winber. And Winber is a hilly town, ups and downs. Uh, and in this race, the first mile included a long descent. So Tracy was in the race with me, and we both went out, and we just ran fast, really fast down the first part of this hill. It was faster than I ever ran the first mile of a 5K, which is 3.1 miles. I came across that first mile, and I looked at my watch, and it was like, whoa, just over five minutes for a mile. Now, this was a lot of years ago. I can't do that now or anywhere close to that. But that was really fast. I'm like, uh-oh. I was all in with my heart, right? But I didn't use my brain real well. Well, soon after that first mile, my opposition, one of the runners that I had seen all summer that I knew I could beat, he passed me. I think he might have turned and grinned on the way by. But he passed me on this, and I was hurting. Almost immediately, almost immediately, my brain began to say things like, well, second place is not so bad. That first price prize, which was a jacket, which was a, which was a, a big gift for these little small country road races, you know, you really wouldn't need it anyway. Just hang in there, you know, just finish, just go. At that moment, I had to decide whether I was going to persevere and run as in such a way to get the prize or just go through the motions. It was a real-time conflict happening in my brain as I was running. The guy was edging ahead of me. What was I going to do? Well, I kept running. And after I kind of caught my breath a little bit from that fast start where I went a little bit too fast, I realized that he was coming back to me. And somewhere around the second mile, I caught up with him. And I passed him. And as I passed him and went beyond him, realizing that I can do this. I can keep going. I knew the end of this race had that big hill that I came down. I knew that I had to go back up that thing, but I kept going and persevered to the end. And I was able to beat my opponent. Run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Don't give in to the opposition, but persevere. I want to draw your attention to something in this text which helps us to persevere. I want you to look for the communal aspect of the people involved in this text. Hebrews 11 lists all these different people. But when we get to this in verse 12, or chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Since we, we, the group of people moving together, we, you're not in it alone, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run the race with perseverance. You're not in it alone. You're not alone on the hill. Being in a trusted community of believers and being authentic enough to share your hurts, your pains, your struggle, being authentic enough to listen and to care and to just be there to support someone can help someone to persevere. The relational component, the connecting to one another is so important for us. 
It's so much easier. It's so much easier to give up if you're by yourself. If I'm doing, if I know that I'm going to do a race that has hills in it, I train and I get on the hills. If I set out and say, I'm going to do this hill four times a day, after one or two, I feel like, hmm, that's probably enough. It's so much easier for me to say, I'm not going any further if I'm by myself, but if I have a training partner with me and we're committed to doing it, then we're going to do it and we do it and we persevere together. I encourage you. I encourage you to connect with someone that you can share openly with in this congregation. Someone you trust who will keep your sharing confidential to help you and support you. Connect with prayer partners. Connect with Bible study teammates. The community of faith is to help each other persevere. And sometimes connecting with a trusted brother or sisters in Christ and you actually learn and see what they're going through and what others have gone through, it may help you get your eyes off of yourself and onto Jesus so that you can go forward. If you look at the paragraphs before we started today, Hebrews reminds us that people of faith were being sawed in two. (laughs) It's hard to imagine that, right? Sawed in two. Put to death by the sword. Some people that you know that you send into the mission field are being taken out and captive and being put to the sword. People have been driven from their homes, which are destroyed by the opposition, yet they remained faithful. Consider the example of Jesus who endured the cross, scorning its shame. Talk about perseverance. Use his example to motivate you to run the race marked out for you. On Wednesday night, our men's group is studying the book of Titus. We looked at Titus 2, 11 to 15 this week, and we were encouraged as we discussed grace. We pondered, we pondered how grace can affect us even today as we look at it. We, we looked at the exchange of grace from our holy God to us on the cross where Jesus went. We looked closely as we focused in on the pierced Savior, and we contemplated together how grace can teach us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And help us go forward. So I want to encourage you this morning. Don't stay on the hill any longer than you have to. The tough moments of your life. Don't stay there longer than you have to. Are you perpetually stuck on the hill. Defined by your past. This happened to me 20 years ago. I go back and I relive it. And I just hang there. And I find going forward hard. And harder and harder. At some point God wants you to go forward to deal with the past, and to move and go forward and find grace and forgiveness and mercy and say, I'm going forward with you, Jesus, and get off the hill. God wants you to look forward and only occasionally look back to remember what he has done for you. If you're stuck on the hill because of your sin, repent, resist, and run freely in grace. I want to encourage you that we can get to the top of the hill. We've made it. We made it to the top. We're at the end of the struggle. We've reached the top. It's now level. 
and it's about to spill out into a nice downhill and into the valley below. Getting to the top can be tough, but there are things that God teaches us through the hills. He teaches us to depend on Him. He teaches us to keep going, uh, small steps, uh, to be encouraged by others. And when we're through it, and when we're on the valley, when we're on the level ground running, we'll learn that the hills make us stronger. The hills make us tough, uh, and the hills that allow us to testify to God's provision, God's care, uh, and His strength, which allows us to get through. And then you can be prepared to help someone else who's in those hills. Uh, so praise God for the top of the hill, which spills out into a descent or back into the valley. The text says that we follow Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So the next point of the sermon is to run for joy down in the valley. I'm standing now in one of my favorite uh, parts of the course here at Warwick County Park. This is a, a grand meadow uh, that if you look over my shoulder back across this meadow, it's, it's about a half mile around this meadow. Um, but it's a great place for us to view the runners as they're going out uh, and a great place for them to find a nice cadence. You can see people running on the, on the trail on that side over there doing some striders. Uh, it's flat. It's beautiful. Uh, and it's easy to go forward. It's easy to, to make progress. And in the analogy of faith, in the meadow is where we grow. It's where we uh, bear fruit. It's where we find joy uh, uh, a little bit easier than on the hills. And, and, and we can just say, thank you, God, for the, the blessings uh, of this day. It's a little harder to do that when you're on the hill. But in this meadow, the temptation is uh, to not depend upon God and to go in yourself mode. But in this meadow, in the flat path, we want to continue to rely upon God and to fully live out uh, our running in this time. Um, and, and the challenge for us from Scripture is to keep our eyes focused upon Jesus. Keep our eyes focused on Him even when the meadow is flat and the running is good. Uh, if we don't go too fast in the meadow, uh, don't go too fast to miss the joys, the hidden uh, beauty that's there for us to see and discover. Uh, and along this meadow, I want to take it to one of those, those points. Your prayer life intensifies and you seek out the Lord a little bit more. Maybe go to Him. And that's what I'm talking about. When, when, when things are going well and smooth, we can just kind of like, we cannot look for God or, or yearn for Him or desire Him with the same intensity that we do through the struggle. So my encouragement is, as we run for joy, notice the blessings that are around us. Jesus, in his life, he endured the hill. He went to the hill of Golgotha. He died a substitutionary death for us, but then he rose on the third day, alive. Again, never to face another hill of agony and shame. Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended to the right hand of God. And in the power of his resurrection, we too can live a life that's reborn and experiencing the joy of the Lord. Jesus told his followers, I have come that you may have life and have life to the fullest. So on my day at the park, this, this life to the fullest, this was the trip that I made around the meadow. The running was easy. 
the color was, it was a little bit overcast, but there were moments where the sun would just break through and light things up. The trees were turning. You don't see that too well in the video. It was great. It was so much easier running around here and enjoying that than going up that, that hill. Ooh, did you hear me breathing on that hill? That was hard. That was painful. This was, this was the joyful part of the run. Our joy and ability to find joy in the race of life is bound up in our experience with the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the author. He's the originator of your faith. He's written your story. Okay, so look to him and say, help me live out this joy today, Jesus. He makes our faith possible, but he's also the perfecter of our faith. All right, this is where I want you to count the blessings on the flatland. See the blessings of, of your relationships. See the blessings of his provision. Things that you couldn't see when the hill was so tough that you were just zoned in on the struggle. Look around and see that. He makes us perfect in him, and he desires to work in our life to transform him into his likeness so that we can see it. Paul says, I have not yet reached perfection, but he continued to press forward. So I ask you this morning, would you rather learn from the Lord while walking in the valley of beautiful meadows where the path is flat and life is smooth, or are you only able to learn through the struggle of the hill? Now, we can learn from the Lord through a lot of different things. As we run for joy, let's learn from the Lord and be close to Him and learn how to praise Him through this. I'm standing in the corner of the meadow that I was describing to you. So I'm down in the valley. I'm down in a place where the path is level. The running is easy. And you're uh, finding it uh, easier to find the joy of the Lord. Uh, and I want to, to look over my shoulder. Behind me uh, is, I believe, French Creek that's running just feet off this path here at Warwick County Park. So in the difficulty of the mountain, the difficulty of the hill often leads to a refreshing, a new season, a season where we can uh, go forward and experience the fruit of the Lord and, and, and find it easier to, to notice his, uh, his presence, his calm, his peace. Um, this is the valley that we're running through, not a valley of death, but a, a valley of life a valley where the Lord is with us and others are traveling and we're going in uh, a direction where God has parted the sea in front of us or cleared the path and made our walking easy. So when you're in this valley, oh, celebrate, lift your praises to God for uh, He is good. He has helped you through the struggle of the hill and brought you into the blessings of the level path. Are you running on that path now in this season, on this, this current season of your life right now? Can you, can you find it like going forward with the Lord is, is good and there's joy around you? Are you there? Can you count the blessings that are there? And, and as the hymn says, name them one by one. This is a place of goodness and, and the presence of the Lord is, is near and we know it. I want to wrap this up by showing you one more video. Um, just behind where I stood is a bench that overlooks this stream. And as I sit there, it's kind of like a little secluded place off of this trail in the back of the meadow. And I sometimes think, boy, I wish life would just stay like this. Calm, serene. 
Or are you walking with the Lord by these streams of blessings? Yeah, but life sometimes puts us into like hurricanes or tornadoes where it isn't so calm. Sometimes it's by our own choice. And sometimes it's just because the world is the way it is that we get put on that hill. I found in my life that I can move from the hill to the valley pretty quickly by God's grace and His leading and me remembering. I can also move from the valley where it's smooth and, and, and easy running to the hill of struggle. And I pray that, that the Scripture text and the lessons this morning will help us no matter where we are in those valleys or hills in our life. Next week, we're going to talk about the champion's jersey. So I invite you next week to come to wear a favorite team shirt of yours. Some of you will adorn your, your Eagles jerseys. Some might brave to put on some a different team or maybe a high school jersey if you have it uh, to come, your favorite shirt. And we're going to talk about what the champion's jersey looks like, those that run the champion's race. I'm going to give you some ID next week to adorn whatever jersey you're bringing Next week, weather permitting, we're going to invite you to a congregational walk or run, depending on what you want to do, at Warwick County Park, where we can experience these courses and these things and just go through and enjoy the afternoon together. We hope it's sunny next, Tuesday, next Sunday at 2 p.m. for that. Next week, I'm going to show you a video clip of the race yesterday at Hershey in the state championships, where we look at runners pouring for us towards us and trying to identify certain people from their jerseys. But this morning, we wrap up with this. Champion running is choosing to run with a committed heart and with a directed mind that follows Jesus. And champion running perseveres with Jesus through good times and bad, and it eliminates sin and other hindrances that distract and entangle us from the course marked out for us. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you decided to follow Jesus? If I were your coach at the beginning of a contest, and we were getting ready to run a champion's race, and we said, "Mm, yeah, I'd say, what? I'd say, we got to be ready for this because this race can have some tough moments. Right? Let's decide with the cross set before us that we're going to go after him through the hills, the top of the hills, and in the valleys because he is our race champion. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sister Tammy.